watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I am over the moon. It's been such a good weekend. A long weekend. A long weekend. Well, not like days-wise long, but like in, in terms of hours of work put in. Yeah, so we, we, we did a thing this weekend. We built some shelves for my garage. We did. That's, and I feel super satisfied right now. Now, I for, feel more satisfied than I probably should. No, I don't think so. When So, when you asked me to help you put up shelves. <laughs> Here we go. I had, I had an idea of what garage shelves are in my head. Um, they're the everyday garage shelves that you see in everyone's garage. Mm-hmm. That take 45 to 75 minutes to purchase the lumber. Mm-hmm. cut the lumber stick it to your walls and then load the shit back up mm-hmm. that's not what we did <laughs> i'm sorry we, okay let me just say i'm sorry my sincerest apologies <laughs> we we built walls and then frames for those walls and then stood them up as shelves like i, I joked with you, you know, mm-hmm. several times mm-hmm. that that if a bomb were to land directly on your home mm-hmm. two things would stand your chimney mm-hmm. and your shelves, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I think that's accurate. Yeah, now no, them being fully assembled, that's accurate. No, I think that's right. I mean, they're they're bulletproof, they're bombproof, uh, they're fantastic, they're ridiculously overbuilt. Uh, you, you you know, one of the things I do professionally quite a bit is I prepare plans, um, and, and mock ups for the purposes of permitting. So sometimes it's a site plan, um, sometimes it's. Uh, interior structure but it's a skill i have that i've never used for fun although it is fun right because you get uh you know get your rulers out and um you you know if i ever need something that's that's dead nuts i hire an engineer or or an architect perhaps um but i have the ability to do permit drawings for for these projects someone says gosh i just need this thing we submit it they say oh we need drawings and so and, and so i do prepare a drawing that meets the code standards and I, I prepare a legend and but to do that I've had to develop these sort of pseudo architect skills definitely uh drafting drafting yeah. that's that's right so I, I mean you, you know and then at some point you, you have to get sort of the fonts right and because they want it to look like a drawing and so if you if you have the font right well so I have these skills but I've never used them for anything fun and so I thought well if we're gonna make shelves I'm going to I'm going to do plans. I I want to make plans that I could just hand to Andrew or to someone else, and they could take the plans and build the shelves. Which That's 100 percent accurate. Which is what happened. Which yeah. is what happened. Those plans were good enough. Uh, uh, however, it, the end result of me embarking on that project is that we have ridiculously overbuilt shelves. Three hundred three and a half inch screws. <laughs> They're big shelves. Come it's on, 20, man. 23 feet. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Nine shelves. It, it's a lot. It, I mean, f- I was telling Kim this morning, it's like 80 bucks in screws. Yeah. 80 bucks in screws. They're great, though. Oh, yeah, great screws. I, I mean, the shelves are pretty good, the, too. The shelves are... They're they're built in bunk beds. Yeah, that's basically what they are. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can sleep a small family in there. Or, a, a large uh, family. Yeah, I'd, I'd say a, a large an, family. An extended yeah. family. Yeah. You could sleep in there. Yeah, also them. <laughs> uh, uh, it, no, it, it's crazy. I learned a ton. You know, you've built a lot of stuff. And, and I've, I've goofed around with you sometimes. And I have made some stuff on my own, too, but nothing to this magnitude. Um, I, I learned really a lot. I, you know, I, I learned a lot, A, about o- overbuilding. What, what do I actually need to make this work? Um, that's an important skill to have. I mean that's a that's a good experience to have gained. Overbuilding right. shit is just as bad as underbuilding it. Not well, no, no, it's not nearly as bad as underbuilding it. Right, but it has it's it's to the same personal detriment. Right, R- right. Well, and in, in terms of time spent, I mean mm-hmm. those shelves. Uh, theoretically, mm-hmm. I'll have those shelves for the rest of my life. Oh, they'll um, be in your home longer than your children will be. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent of uh, yeah. So, uh, overbuilt is a thing. They're they're heavy. You, you know, they're going to be hard to move, but they, but we can move them. I built them to be moved and really easily. I think we can move them. You just take them apart. They went up a lot easier than I thought. You, you know, that they were so heavy to try to put together. That was, I think, the most impressive thing was that throughout all the all the pain of building them, actual assembly was just just drop and drop and fasten. That's right. 
Yeah, that yeah. So uh, anyway, my shelves. Do do any of you care about my shelves? Probably not. No, not a single we, one but, of you. But we scratched the building itch, and I got to use my screw extractor for the first time, mm-hmm. and that was a riot. Yeah, it was. It you know when it worked, it just worked, and it was like, man, that was fun. Yeah, couldn't get it going. Couldn't get it going. Then finally, I had the right size, and it just it ripped it out. The screw was not actively on fire, but it was smoking and burnt. So um, other things, what what is your screw extractor brand? Oh shoot, I don't know. Well, it's, it's a... whatever they have at Lowe's. <laughs> they work. Uh, that that's our pitch for this this brand. We're gonna get a sponsorship based on this. And I've I've tried to use them before and not succeeded. So I just got a sawzall and cut the screw off and covered it up. That would have worked too. It, yeah, but it, we didn't have a sawzall. That's so, true. Um, but yeah, so I got to do that, uh, and it was I mean definitely fun. This was a a, a very precision oriented project mm-hmm. where we where our margin of errors had to be pretty low mm-hmm. and i was impressed that over the course of 14 hours i think is probably all said and done what we spent on it we didn't really get out of we just, we didn't get out of the the acceptable margin of error yeah that's right that's right well done well done you uh, me only yeah, mostly yeah. you mostly no. mostly me not really though <laughs> it was a good team effort i i mean and we talked about it shoot Inside the last month, talked about couldn't wait to scratch the building itch. You know, it, it sort of goes back to our sort of, uh, you know, our production philosophy here at 40 and 20. I say here as if 40 and 20 is a place. We're in the guest room. <laughs> <laughs> 40 and 20 headquarters in the guest room at Everett's house. Um, you, you, you know, but I think that's part of our, um, that's part of our philosophy here, which is let's, Let's get these microphones out or let's get this this miter saw out and let's just do this thing. Let's do the best we can. Let's think about it beforehand, come up with a good plan, execute that plan. And and then at the end of the day, we'll see what we have. And, and I think if we if we think this out ahead of time and I think if we follow the directions that we set for ourselves uh, at, at the end of the day, we're going to have a decent product. And, and and like the shelves that are now standing in my garage holding uh, some 60% of my garage shit, um, I, I think that our show's kind of done the same thing, right? When we started, uh, you know, after our sort of initial hiccups, we were able to pretty quickly um, realize that our plans, you know, we had these hardware plans and these technological plans, um, and, and then just our our innate abilities applied to those plans and i think we realized pretty quick hey this is going to work it, it, it's going to work it is working and, and now we're and, and now we have a product now if we could start that shelf project again i think we would change a couple things and and i think we would do the same thing in our podcasting plan right uh, we would change a couple things but bottom line end of the day we come up with a plan we execute that plan podcasting for me the other thing i've realized i realized pretty early on is we just have to do this every week yeah even if we don't want to even if andrew's working 60 hours at the range and his elbows hurt and i've got a a brief that's due tomorrow um we just have to get this thing published on thursday and except for a few you know shit we've recorded on wednesday night before yeah right that's right late right (laughs) right i'm editing at 1 30 in the morning so that we can get this up but we have a plan and we execute on the plan and we're consistent. So um, last week we had a little, uh, what would you call this, a publishing boo-boo? And, and I don't even think I walked you through it. But I'm, yeah, we haven't talked about it. You, you know, when I we recorded and, and when we recorded, there was just a glitch in the software. There was a some sort of glitch in the software. And at, at some point, like 45 minutes in, the half of the audio because we record we record together so it's one track but then we split that track so that we can put them both into stereo so so you're not hearing in your car you're not hearing me on your on your driver's side and andrew on your passenger side although that could be fun it could be it it could be (laughs) (laughs) we split the audio and and then we and then we balance both sides so so we're on we're each on either side at some point when that happened, it glitched half of the audio hmm. about 45 minutes in. And, and so it created an imbalance, an, an almost imperceptible imbalance. So you wouldn't be able to see it if you just looked at the audio track. 
um, you, you know, this visual, it's got bumps. It looks like a, uh, it, it looks like a EKG machine or something, you know, uh, if you've ever looked at an audio track. Uh, but it, it, it had a slight variation, which meant that the last 20 minutes of the podcast had this echo. Ooh. Is what it sounds like. And, and if you've never heard it, it's really interesting. It is what it's, it's what it sounds like. It sounds like one of us was recording in a uh, rotunda with, with uh, ceramic walls or something. Oh, you so know? we should have been singing. That might have been nice. That might have been nice. Maybe next time we try that. Yeah. Um, and so I realized I realized what was happening after I had already converted to an MP3. And by that point, I had closed all the original software down the Audacity. And so it had saved all of our changes. And so there was no edit undo, which I think could have fixed the, you know, a command Z could have fixed the problem. But I had already closed down the Audacity. So there's no command Z available to me. So I, I had to go in and chop where where the where the problem was <sighs> i had to go in and command chop where the problem was and then i had to reset half of the audio over which means manually grabbing it and sliding it over just a little bit and, and you know you have to magnify way in you know so you're looking your whole screen's like a second and sort of set it because even just a little bit of variation even just a little bit of variation s- maintains that echo so mm-hmm. got it right and then went back to republish because I'd already published Audacity. Um, when I went back to republish, I saved, and there's a function where you can just replace the 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 file. And when I grabbed that new file, I grabbed an old one. So I would love to say this was Audacity's fault. Uh. I would love to say it's SoundCloud's fault. It was not. I grabbed an old file, and so when I woke up Thursday morning, I had like 14 dms on instagram <laughs> all telling me that feels good that people yeah it does feel good thanks guys for listening and telling us what's up but 14 dms basically all saying hey idiot dress watches you've republished dress watches which was true that was I, a good episode it was a good episode we thought you guys wanted to hear it again so immediately tried to fix it and then the fix i did i don't think i did the right thing i should have just deleted it it just compounded and it compounded. Grew it's and... a snowball. There's a giant snowball coming down the house at me on Thursday morning. Um, it, oh, also, I had a brief. I had a brief due Thursday afternoon. So obviously, right? That wouldn't happen on a <laughs> on a chill day. It would not. So uh, it was fine. We, we made it. it. Made made it. I think most of the people who wanted to hear the chronograph episode got to hear the chronograph episode some people didn't even notice some people were like oh hey this was a this was a great episode i really liked your dress watch selections and i thought well I, i'm really Thanks. glad you're listening <laughs> uh I, i'm glad that you're that you're here with us uh but you, you know some folks just didn't even notice with the episodes titled chronographs were talking about dress watches they were just into it and, and people like us and they say positive things so um probably yeah. russian sex bots Maybe. So that was, I mean, what a weird week, you know? But here we are. The bottom line is we have a plan. We execute the plan. And it's not perfect, you guys. And sometimes we're going to make mistakes. It's not perfect. Sometimes that, that, that what's supposed to be a proud 27 inches, it's, it's going to get put in the scant 27-inch pile. <laughs> that's right. That's going to happen. Right. So, well, that's good. So we're going to talk about uh, kind of a weird, we're, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go philosophical again this A little week. bit, yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about a type of watches and three options you buy. We could, though. We could. We won't. We're but we could, because that's our choice. And in America, we make choices. This is our dang podcast. You yeah. guys are probably, if you weren't, if you were still listening, thank you, because this has been a ridiculous intro. I'm really sorry about that. Well. I'll just apologize. It's certainly not been the longest. We've just been talking about fences and SoundCloud issues for 14 minutes. Whatever. Whatevs. So, like you said, this week we're going to touch on a little bit of a philosophical um, feeling in the watch world. And I think one that uh, has been front of mind for us, but I think for a lot of people in who are either already uh, two feet into the watch world. Uh, and I, I think it's something that becomes a barrier to entry for people who want to get into the watch world. Mm. And what we're going to talk about today is, air quotes, watch collecting. Well, you put your fingers up. Slash watch collectors, air quotes. And you bent them. Yeah, because I air quoted. Okay, I like it. Double bunny ears, both hands. Uh, So yeah, that's that's what we're going to touch on today. Uh, So it's going to be 
slightly different than than other other episodes. Going to be a, a really free flowing discussion about watch collecting, uh, the positives, the negatives, mm-hmm. how it changes the watch world, how it changes watch people, mm-hmm. uh, and how just our thoughts on it. So buckle up, today could get controversial. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if we if we need to get controversial. I mean, I suppose it, it might get that way. I'm going to get that way for controversy's sake. Get it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get right in, and and I'm I'm going to start with with how I define watch collecting. Okay. I define watch collecting as any other form of collecting, but you're collecting watches. <laughs> <laughs> so within that, a collection in my mind is. A group of objects or of similar objects of things, if you will, that you amass for either their value, the uh, just a hobby interest in them, or for preservation purposes. With some sort of curation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, de- a deliberate curation. Like, yeah, with, within those, like a curated collection. There, there's there's a purpose behind it and your your well you can't purpose, use the word in the definition that's my teacher my second grade uh, teacher talking about but your purpose is to amass <laughs> the most possible aliki aliki anderson was her name she was greek she was great fantastic she sounds like it and she's still busting my balls <laughs> these 55 years later <laughs> Uh, so that's that's what I that's how I'm going to define collecting, mm-hmm. right? And we can agree on that definition of collecting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 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 pretty you're pretty uh, inclusive there. Okay. So watch collecting, I think, falls into a couple categories. I think we get people who are true collectors who are amassing watches, who are bringing a curated collection selection of watches together for the purposes of interest a passion for that watch i mean there's skx collectors there's military watch collectors there's dancy there's yeah there's a whole just right. a, any anything you can imagine collectors but that's collectors and then there's folks who i think get lumped into collector category who are just folks who have a shitload of watches <laughs> right right but i don't know if that's actually watch collecting okay well well, well help me understand your distinction because i i think that you haven't made it yet. Okay. So we got the people who are being really deliberate mm-hmm. about curating a collection. So like looking for specific pieces to fill voids. To fill and... voids as a hobbyist or they want the, the the J series or they want the blue dial. They want something to fill these holes to create an entire collection. A, a uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the word I'm looking for is. Aliki busting your balls right now. She was really great. She had a fantastic accent. She is busting them. <laughs> a uh, series. We'll call. We'll stick with series because sure. I can't think of a better word. Sure. Now a complete set or something. Yeah. yeah. Now dudes who just have a bunch of watches. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life been called a tool collector, but I got a shitload of tools. I'll tell you right now, this man has a lot of tools. I, I didn't have to buy anything, which is a little sad. You had to buy a lot of screws. Well, besides <laughs> screws, I didn't have to buy a dang thing. I bought sawhorses. You did. Ooh, yeah, I bought sawhorses, but. You're, you're going to say about tools. You have a bunch of tools, but you're not a tool collector. I'm not a tool collector because every tool has a purpose. And mm-hmm. I, I use uh, I, I use a screwdriver as an example. You can have a number two Phillips mm-hmm. in a one-inch shaft or a 12-inch shaft. They're not the same. You said shaft. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I my wife is inch a... shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife is a kitchen gadget collector. Is she? Does she not use them? Do they just... <laughs> They just sit on the on on the cabinets above it, and they're on just all on display. of the shelf space we have. Yeah, but like, gosh, this pineapple slicer is fantastic. I have a pineapple slicer, and it is fantastic. <laughs> That's such a stupid tool, <laughs> but it works. But my point is that every tool has an application, and because I have an embarrassing amount of tools, that doesn't make me a tool collector. But you give a dude ten watches, and suddenly he's a watch collector. Right, right, right. And no, I, I see what you're saying. And, I, and I, that's where I think I think there's a, a, a very important distinction to be made between folks who have watches for many occasions, purposes, and applications, and people who are deliberately um, collecting watches. So can I advocate for Beelzebub here? Okay. All right. So a, a, a T-square and a tape measure 
do seriously different things. You're right. And and, uh, and as we learned this weekend, as I learned, as you probably already knew, a, a miter saw and a table saw have distinct advantages over one another, depending on what you're trying to do with them. Um, and, and, and so, you know, or a jigsaw and a sawzall, right? So I think watches are a little different, right? By and large, by and large, all watches do the same thing. So to the extent that I have two watches, two three-handers, let's say, because I think that's the easiest, most simple way to, to avoid argument. Then I think you probably have a hammer and a handsaw. Yeah, well, I don't think so. I mean, if you have two three-handers, you have two hammers. And if you have three three-handers, you got three hammers. And who needs three hammers? Now, I I, I can already hear the arguments. I brought three I, hammers no, I can here. already hear the arguments. <laughs> but I, I think the point's a good one, right? There, there's some differences to I, the thing. I think there's, there is some subtlety. You're right. If, if, some nuance, if you will. If I have, if I have 45 ball-peen hammers... And I'm buying them not because of their application, but because of their vintage or their um, finishing. Oh, then you're a hammer collector, bro. Then you're a hammer collector, right? Which I think even most people that have 10 watches have made decisions closer to the hammer collector than to the guy who just wants to be able to get everything that needs to get done done. Maybe, but I think I, I, think I think in principle, what you're looking at is creating a diverse collection of tools that will fit every environment you in. Or you're and in. maybe every... the frivolity of watches just maybe yeah. in and of themselves. You know, a, a watch is a superfluous item. And, and Disagree. Well, I, I think by and large for most people, it truly is. I, I mean, you, you, not so much, but me, and I think... 75 or 60 to 75 percent of all the people in the united states go to work and spend eight hours in front of a device that has the time displayed in the lower right hand corner or perhaps the upper right hand corner depending on what type of device you're on so so that in and of this in and of itself eliminates some of the need you so we get it we get in a car that's got the time front and center we park that car at the building. We walk in the building. So there's like, from the time I leave the house to the time I get home, there's approximately 45 seconds where I'm not staring at the time. That makes a watch superfluous. So just the fact that I have one on my wrist, one. I think there's something to be said for being a watch collector, right? Now, if I don't have a hammer, I cannot sink a nail. Well, I mean, I can. Would, I could. I can be... do the whole like, like set the, set the the butter knife up against it and then bang it with the heaviest book on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. I'm not either. Uh, no, I have done that. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. I'm sorry. How long uh, of a nail? Well, it was a short one. It was just to hang a picture. Was... Okay, like a little... okay. It worked. It did the trick. <laughs> okay. The butter knife didn't work very nah. well after that. I mean, it worked. It didn't look very good doing it, though. No, I can't imagine so. So, there's something to be said for just watches in and of themselves being an extravagance, a, a superfluous thing that that just having one or, or perhaps two wa- watches. If I've got a SKX and I've got a Bambino, I might be a watch collector, which is not true for the guy who has a hammer and a screwdriver. No, no, not at all. Not a tool collector. Or a watch collector. Do you, I matter. mean, I, I'm making an argument here. You don't have to agree with me. I, are you a tie collector? <laughs> I, I would say I am a tie collector. Why? Well, because I have a bu- a I have a bucket load of them. B I look for specific ties. I have bought probably fifty to hundred ties on eBay based on their manufacturer and the amount of folds. Okay, so maybe maybe you asked me the wrong question. No, no, no. But does that does that make you a tie collector? Because you're somebody who who wears a tie mm-hmm. more more often than not. Mm-hmm. Does that make you a tie collector? Because you're 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 collecting a tool. We can call in this environment a, to, a, a tie a tool for your profession because you can't show up in your undies as comfortable as that would be. I bet my law partner owns more ties than I do. I would not characterize him a tie collector, and I am. All I right. think it's the way I buy ties. Okay, and and th- so then then now we're on to something. So having a bunch 
of a superfluous super, we're gonna skip that word having a bunch <laughs> doesn't necessarily indicate collecting we've been drinking bush light since like 9 30 this morning too sorry yeah, guys i mean that, power tools and beer <laughs> and some donuts in there what else do you need i one of mine had sprinkles your bush light <laughs> yeah it's a new crime yeah sprinkles uh anyway but does that I guess what what I'm trying to wrap my head around and and kind of kind of come to come to grips with mm-hmm. is at what point do you just have the tools that you like to use for certain applications and where's the threshold into becoming a collector? Mm-hmm. Is it a conscious decision? Like is it is it when you start making conscious decisions? Because then at that point you be, you do become a tool collector when you start making decisions about brands that you use or specs that you're looking for in a type of tool. Um, but I don't. I don't think anyone's going to call anyone. Well, no. I'm sure there's tool collectors out there, but no. But I don't think. A, right, I don't yeah. think ever contractors ever going to be accused of being a tool collector, even with the, a van, two, two or three vans full of stuff. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it's it's a good point. Yeah. It, it's a good point. I, there's some nuance there, right? And, and maybe that was what that was my point. Um, Sorry to draw the tool connection, but that's what we've been banging on all day. We could you, use guns or right. shoes or <laughs> books or... But, you know, I think maybe you got closer there with ties because uh, I, I think maybe there's something there's something we can unpack there, you know, especially when, when I compare, like I said, my law partner uh, versus me. I don't know that he has more ties than I do, but I suspect he does because I've seen him in a bucket load of ties. But I, How I, many of them are reversible, though? I, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Gosh, I would buy a reversible tie. Maybe he has half the amount of ties, but just double the options. You, you know, his ties all look nice. So I'm not, okay. I, so don't take this as a, I mean, because it's going to sound, what I'm about to say is going to sound like I'm disparaging him. He He's well-dressed. He looks good in, in, in court. There's there's no issue there. But, but I don't get, I don't gather that he's being particularly thoughtful. But about you're going to be nerdy ties. about your, your selections as per you are. As per me. As right. per me. I know he has, you know, mostly fourfold box store ties i can just tell i can look at that tie and say well that's a that's a fourfold box store tie it looks nice you're wearing it well that's fine but it's not a sevenfold you know or 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 whatever right and i have those ties right you, you know the ties that i've spent more money than i would admit to my wife um you, you know uh you, you know i have i have those ties so that is that is different he's got a bucket load of ties and they look great but i don't think he's a tie collector he has a bunch of ties because he has to wear a tie four to five times a week mm-hmm. uh, so he's just got a bunch of them i i get i i would be willing to bet his wife buys some large percentage of those uh you, you know hmm. my wife i don't think has ever bought me a tie because she just knows right you know, just like she would, she would not buy me a, a watch, and if she did, she would probably consult with you or or, or some. You I know. mean, that very thing, the reverse of that very thing happened. That's right, just a couple months ago. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, that being what it is, I think that maybe we, we can sort of focus in in that distinction. I think that should allow us to unpack a little bit. What's the difference between a collector and someone who just has a bucket load of things? And and I'm pretty sure the same thing is true in watches. Although there's some overlap there, I think you can have a bucket load of things and not be a collector. Because I, I don't know if I if I say I'm a watch collector. I like watches. I have I have a fair amount of watches. I'm I don't have a. There's no uniformity. There's no there's no real theme or or idea behind the collection. I have a pretty versatile, and I'm going to call it a collection because I I don't know of another word to describe a a group of things. But I don't. I have a, a pretty versatile, diverse collection that fits most of the environments that I live, work, and exist in. So I guess for guys like you and me, maybe that's a distinction, right? We um, collect. I've got the finger quotes. We we collect watches with with an eye towards filling gaps, right? So so maybe part of what we're doing is uh, filling our tool chest. You know, we're trying to. Um, we're trying to select pieces that have a dynamic or that or that have a use, uh, some sort of application that that's slightly different. But but within that, there's a, a a bit of, I think for both of us, it'd be fair to say within that there's a bit of, uh, selectiveness. So selectiveness, right? And and you know, for 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 my end, I know that I have considered 
buying a J version of the SKX, mm-hmm. right? The Japanese made version and, and not to get into the, the nuts and bolts on whether, whether that's different or whether it's a higher quality. I think the spoiler alert, it's probably the same exact watch uh, made to the same exact specifications, but the, the idea that I could have a J version, there's something about that that's appealing to me. Um, does that desire or, or, or to say to the extent that I did buy one, w- would that make me a collector? Is there something about that that's that's distinctly uh, a collector's move versus um, a, a, a sort of really pragmatic, uh, a, a pragmatic versatility approach maybe i think if we go back to tools or clothes or anything of that of that nature i mean maybe it's just buying something that is otherwise not available here in the u.s i mean maybe it's sending out for an italian suit rather than than that i mean i i don't know i I mean that that's part of the conversation is what what is watch collecting Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i don't have an answer for you on that one sure well i you're the you're the answer guy right i do the editing you're the one with the answers not today. Okay. <laughs> Not today, boo-boo. <laughs> you, no, I, I think that there is something here, though. Um, when when I started um, being interested in watches, I didn't, I didn't set out to be a watch collector. But I, I think that what happened to me is something different than collecting. And I say what happened to me as if I was a, as if I was a, a passenger. Or recovering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I do think there's some of that that happens, though, right? And I don't know that this happens to everyone, but I know it did happen to me. I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount of sort of thoughtless acquisition syndrome, you know, gas or, or whatever, that, that happens to, I think, a lot of folks when they when they pick up something new, whether it be watches or pens or, or knives or, you, you know... Uh, uh, Should I know people who ties. buy knives who don't even like the knife? They're like, ah, oh, I just, you know... I like collecting knives. I needed I to have one of these. I, I needed to fit this. I, no, don't, don't even like it. My collection. There's a there's a. Uh, I have a friend who has one of the Gerber cleavers, a folding cleaver, and he he likes cleaver blades uh, and folders. And he bought this Gerber full well knowing he didn't like it, but he's bought it. He's like, I don't even like it. I just have it because I don't know. I have it. He just has knives. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you you, you know, I, I almost I feel like think... the SNK fills that role for a lot of people in. Later in their in their watch journey, I just, just needed have, to have they an just SNK. have some SNKs. Yeah, you, you know, for, for me, I, I did feel a little bit swept by it. Right, mm-hmm. um, that that first watch acquisition is one thing, but then you realize, well, gosh, now I have this one. I should get this one, and and, and there's always this sort of mix of there's always this sort of mix of you, you know practicality because you you use the practicality to sort of walk your way down the road in, in a in a thoughtful manner you know mm-hmm. you, you use this practical argument to make you feel like the decisions are good ones and 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 maybe they are good ones i'm not saying they're definitely bad ones but that's the that's the the rational brain says oh well i need a chronograph in my collection for all those times I need a chronograph, right? For or not, era. because you like the way they look. Right, right. So if, if that's okay with you, if if that's okay with you, and some people are are, the, are, are there already, you know. I bought this watch because I like the way it looked. But I think more of us are sort of in that place where we think, you know, I really shouldn't be spending money on a watch. There are 8 billion things that I could be spending money on, Um and, and and all of those are more valuable than a watch. However, I have this compulsion. Oh God, no! It's a compulsion. It's an obsession. <laughs> <laughs> I have this compulsion. You you know you know. And I know that I've been I've been caught up by that sometimes. You know, had it in my head where I'm buying this watch right now, and, and you know maybe something happened and I didn't get it, and then later I thought I didn't need that watch. I I didn't need that watch, and I know that now because I didn't get it. And now I don't really want to get it. Mm. Um. And and so I've never had that taper. I've I've had a lot of watches in my cart that I've not bought, and then I've made their way back into my cart and not bought and made it way their way back. I've I've never looked back on a watch. I'm like ah, I'm glad I didn't get that one. Really? Yeah. That kind of blows me away. I can't think of a single watch that I haven't bought that I am glad that I didn't. Interesting. Interesting. I I mean I can I can sort of 
right now as I sit here, maybe pinpoint it to a one or two. You know, I think for there was a long time. Mm. Nope, Lunar Pilot. Oh well, but that's <clears throat> different, right? That that's a watch that you thought you wanted and then you became closer more familiar with the watch and realized there was things about it that you didn't expect i think yeah. that's maybe somewhat different i know maybe, yeah for me my tastes have evolved you, you know there were watches that when i started collecting i thought that watch and i actually almost don't want to co- don't want to say the watches because do I, it i don't want to actually I, i've just decided that i almost i almost named dropped a watch um but you know, just my tastes have evolved, and, uh, and and I don't mean evolved as in the sense that they've gotten better. They've, they've gotten just, more refined. They've just You've changed, refined, and and not refined in in like an improvement. They've gotten more refined in in more more um, definitive. Yeah, that's right. I think I've just decided I, I've become more acquainted with what I'm looking for in a watch. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I know that means forty millimeters ish. It means automatic. It means higher water resistance. Um, I, I just know. And I a just big ass crown and a big ass crown. If I can get it, uh, you, you, you know, I, I just know sort of what I'm gonna like, and I've got a better idea. Um, I, I don't want. I don't want chunky watches. I don't want 44 millimeter watches. Although there are some 44s that I'd wear and, and that I like. Um, I, I just know more what I like mm-hmm. than than I did when I started. So. Um, I, I don't buy very many watches, and, and you don't either, really. Hmm. Neither one of us is buying a ton of watches, and, and I think that there's something to be said for figuring out what you like, and, and people come about that in drastically different ways. We've talked to just, I, I don't know, how many of our listeners... A metric fuckton. A metric fuckton. People who say, gosh, I have... I've gotten rid of everything, you know, and everybody's seen it, right? People, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a watch you seek post or someone on Instagram says, I'm getting rid of everything because I've sort of figured out what I like. And I've got 40 watches, you know, in in my watch box. I don't wear any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't wear any of them. Um, that hasn't happened to me. I wear, I think, every single one of my watches. The only one I don't wear very regularly at all is a, a Timex. Uh, oh, it's not a weekender. It's a Easy Reader. I have a Timex Easy Reader that I don't wear very often. Um, it, it, it's just not. It's just not something I'm going to wear, uh, and and that's fine. But the one I don't wear is my uh, Commodore ski because Commodore I ski. haven't got any bezel for it. Right, we got to work on that. <laughs> it's still bezelless. Right, right. And I picked it up to put it on the other day. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't just wear you naked. Gotta oh, get we some gotta, clothes for you. Can we just smack your bezel back onto it? I don't like. Th- I I don't like. You the don't bezel like that's it. on there. That's what kept me from wearing it. In I need to get. Place. I need to get a just a polished, plain old bezel. Call uh, Murphy Murphy Manufacturing and say, "Do you have anything that'll that'll fit this?" I need to. What are the? I don't know what the dimensions on there. I need. We'll. I'll bring it over. Okay. And we'll get the calipers on it. Well, I don't know what the dimensions on his. He's got a sterile amphibia bezel. I don't. But I don't know if it would. Maranom has a sterile bezel that seems to fit the case. Okay. I don't know. All right. Buy from Murphy, man. He's manufacturing stuff here in the U.S. It's like 10 bucks more. Right, but I don't want to put American shit on my Russian watch. <laughs> I've got German shit on my on my Russian watch. That's fair. <laughs> Same team, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we're not offending anybody. If they if we were offended to people or offensive to people, they would have stopped listening a long time ago. If you if you've reached this point, they're they're okay with us. Yeah, that's right. If you're if you're if if you're still listening to us in in the full evolution, and if you're still listening to us today, yeah, I suspect this is going to be the worst episode ever. Potentially, yeah. Well, so. we're sorry. Hey, you know what? We're we've been working all weekend. Anyway, let's let's move on past because I think we've we've got a a, a sort of nebulous definition of collecting a, a baseline. Oh, yeah, what it what it means to us clear as mud. Um. And I think one thing that I want to talk about is is the barrier to entry talk about it. that it creates for people trying to get into the watch world. Because we, as watch people, very frequently make it intimidating to buy a watch. I don't like watches. No. I don't either. Why not? <laughs> no, you're right. I, I think it's a good point. So, so talk about it. Because I know I have feelings. I've felt this. But I'm interested here. So you get a person. Yeah. You get a person who... Wants to wants to buy a watch, and because they know you to be a watch person, or assume you to be, because they've seen you in the same watch in one week, or in in different watches every day of the week, uh, assume you're a watch person, and they ask you, and and I think I think we take it in in a in a handful of ways. Sometimes they come to you and they say, "Hey, this is the watch I'm looking at." I'm like, 
You can't buy that watch. That watch is trash. Who gives a shit? Like, where where watch? Like, uh, who cares if it's a fashion brand watch? It's being powered by a lot of the same quartz watches that we know and love. They just are getting a different logo on the on the dial, and it's made to only look good and not be some orological masterpiece. Uh, or, I think the other way we go with it is we fire hose them right. with watch information, right? <laughs> and then talk about the importance of a well-rounded collection, and uh, you know this movement or this this type of movement or sure. these complications. And I think that makes it a barrier to entry. I know when I, when I was looking for my first watch. Uh, like my, my first deliberate and thoughtful watch purchase, it was hard to get on watch forums and, and feel like I was making a, a good decision. I didn't feel like there were any good decisions to be made because you'd find a watch that was maybe highly rated in one place. And then you could find a whole lot of people talking shit about it mm-hmm. in another place. And I think that that watch collecting mentality where everyone has to have this is this is broad stroke sweeping, so the, the, don't take this as as I'm talking about you, but I or or you Everett or you the listener. I think when when we as watch folks pile down this watch collector mentality because we think of ourselves as watch collectors because because we make thoughtful decisions about the watches we purchase, we turn away people who want to be excited about watches but don't feel like they can be because they don't have a whole shitload of money to allocate to it. They don't have a whole lot of time to learn about all the intricacies of watches and we sort of make ourselves unapproachable and deny folks from being able to enter into this really fun hobby. And I think that, I think that's part of collecting. I think that collecting mentality is very, very circle the wagons and protect the, protect the, the hobby. Um, and I think that comes with collecting and get some elitism out of it. And I don't like that. You know, I think that the hard thing about that question is, you know, what watch should I buy? I think the hard thing about that question is that it's such a personal decision. You know, we've we've everybody who's been on a watch forum has seen this question posed and answered in a number of different ways and hundreds of ways. You know, obviously, um, different people have have come to different conclusions about how that that question should be answered and they're they're all probably uniquely um valuable maybe not uniquely but but the approaches are 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 valuable in their own ways but it really it depends on who's asking the question and 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 what they want out of that it's so hard to tell when someone says hey i've got 300 bucks what watch should i buy i always say what do you what do you do like what do you want to do with it what do you want it to do if you don't know like these are the kinds of things that your watch can do um and, and, I, and I just start throwing options. Like, and, and do you I, like this? Okay. If you don't like like what we did with Tommy, like, do you like this? Okay. Well, what about this? I, I think the problem with that, especially in a, in the forum setting, is the, the questions in and of themselves can be intimidating, right? Yeah. So the first question I would always ask is, what is it? How do you picture yourself wearing the watch? Um, but then that opens up a whole bunch of other questions is, you know, do you want something that's going to be sort of set it and forget it and you look at it and, and, and just like it, but not have to worry about it? Do you want something that's going to be more sort of technical? Um, but there's so many questions I can think of, you, you know, how, because I think I have the knowledge to get that person into the watch they want. But I think sometimes the, the, the process in and of itself can be uh, uh, intimidating. So does that what does that person want from me in that answer that's really hard to figure out that's fair um you you know because i I know that some people might want me to ask those questions they might want to have the conversation other people they just want me to say the name of a watch and 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 that's uniquely difficult right because shit i don't know i I mean i can think of if i was going to go back and and buy a first watch right now i I think i'd just buy the skx again you know if if i was there um so so I'm, i'm happy to say that but not everybody loves the SKX. No. Right? And that's not going to be a perfect... I, I know for me, that would be a perfect first watch. If someone told me right now, hey, don't even think about it. Don't spend another moment thinking about it. Just go buy an SKX. I would be happy. Yeah. I'd be happy. But I, that's that's so personal, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to be but I think the I, right answer I for I think the question everybody. here is, how does that watch collecting mentality... Like how, do, how do we, as watch people be more approachable and be less elitist and be less. I mean, elitist is the best word I can come up with right now. 
be less of an asshole and bring people into this hobby. Sure. Because I think I think this is a hobby that is it's fun. It's and it's more or less practical. I mean, it's it, I think it's certainly more practical than collecting spoons. I like spoons. I mean, I like to eat cereal off of spoons. Actually, I gotta say, I'm a fork guy. I'm just gonna throw it out there for cereal. That's well, an interesting you choice. You can't eat. You can't eat soup. You can't eat cereal with a fork. But but obviously, if there's something I can't like, my wife will eat macaroni and cheese with a spoon. That's weird. Who does that? It depends on how big the spoon is. I've certainly eaten macaroni and cheese with the with the big like kitchen stirring spoon that I've used to make the macaroni and cheese. So you know, every couple has that stupid conversation that they've had a hundred times. That's like Just why? One? Why is it that we have this conversation? No, I mean, you know my point, yeah. right? But why is it that we have this conversation so many times? My wife, I mean, we don't eat macaroni and cheese a lot, obviously, but but at some point we did, you know, when we're poor or whatever, or or, or you know, hard times, you know, or lazy, uh, or lazy, right? Uh, you, you know, but she would always she'd make macaroni and cheese, or I'd make macaroni and cheese, or whatever, and she'd be serving it up, and she'd say, "Do you want a spoon or a fork?" I, Babe, I want a fork because I'm a grown-up. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I, she eats macaroni and cheese with a spoon. It's like drinking water out of a coffee mug. <laughs> I do that. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I uh, Yeah, sorry. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, right? Figuring out, figuring out what it is you want right Mm -hmm. i think that's your point yeah what is it you want to get out of it and and to the extent that you want to get something out of it if if you're asking me for my advice how how can i deliver that advice to you in a way that's not intimidating that doesn't make you feel bad you you know more times than not i think that's questions you you've got to start with questions Mm -hmm. um but but figuring out a way to feel feel it out right how how was this person what are they actually asking me and, and can i read anything in, in terms of the way they're asking the question or can i ask some preliminary questions to sort of feel out what they want i think is a huge part of it yeah and one last note on watch collecting i want i want to hear i think we talked about it around like a, a january time frame maybe december january and i i talked to you and said that i'm 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 going to be really really deliberate about watch purchases this year Mm -hmm. because i don't want to get into the just frivolous purchasing of watches yeah and i still haven't bought a a watch this year actually i got i I received one as a gift yeah you got that recraft Mm -hmm. i got the recraft as a gift for my birthday birthday uh and i still haven't bought a watch this year i don't think i have either and i'm no no neither of us there, there have been no new watch alerts Sorry guys. And this is not breaking news that I'm I'm announcing the watch I've just purchased. Um but I, I wanted to make sure that Is my, it the Speedmaster? A pair of them. I got his matching Speedmasters. Oh man, I love you so much. Why wouldn't I? I got him <laughs> custom engraved, like it's it's actually Speed Daster. Speed Daster. Uh it, it's it's from a website. They it's whatever. It, it, don't have to worry about that. Um but <clears throat> What looks, I, it looks just like a Speedmaster. Yeah, so everything's the same. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but what I what I what I wanted to do this year was avoid the frivolous purchasing of watches just just for the sake of. I wanted to make sure that every watch I watch I acquired from from that point on was meaningful to me in some way or or special to me in some way. And you know, I've I've found a whole a whole bunch that I've been ready to pull the trigger on and just just haven't. Um, and I, I, cause what I want to do is avoid that consumerism side of, of watch collecting the gas. Yeah. And then simultaneously, I'm, I'm also, I'm never going to be a, a collector of anything. I just, I don't have the time or the inclination to have a really well curated collection of anything. I got a shitload of tools. I got plenty of clothes, but, but I don't think I'm ever going to be a collector i'm a pretty utility driven person and i want to make sure that that what i'm bringing what i'm what i'm introducing to to my life has the value has has value to it is is filling a hole filling a gap meeting a need that's been identified mm-hmm. so still haven't made the choice there's a couple that are on the radar that might happen though every time uh brad watch brad holmes uh posted his nightwing this morning and i was like dude I just need to pull the trigger. I need to get a. Uh, did I say Nightwing? Yeah, you did. I don't know why. 
<laughs> we're tired. We we had we were up until one o'clock last night. You were up later than that. I was. Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 Citizen Nighthawk. He posted yeah. a Citizen Nighthawk, which is different than Nightwing. Um, and I think, also gosh, different than the Batwing. Different. All different things. <laughs> yeah. All different things. Uh, but but yeah, no. You, you, I, I'm sort of in that same place, right? Where I, I've I've done enough sort of frivolous watch purchasing you, you, you know i bought my uh seiko kinetic diver my ska we did we did just lie and i'm gonna correct it i'm gonna interrupt you to correct it we did get on the waiting list for the affordable steel uh russian digital on... oh yeah the russian watch forum yeah. watch yeah we're both on the list for that my i didn't tell my wife yet it's 36 but... bucks you don't have to okay <laughs> <laughs> if we're waitlisted uh yeah for a 36 dollar watch come on <laughs> the watch you seek russian watch forum has a 2019 project watch i think um and it's an electronica 55 mm-hmm. the first ever stainless steel case it's a russian watch that i know very little about uh, a little about but it looks it's got sort of that f91w feel mm-hmm. um it's super russian Super Russian. The whole dial is Cyrillic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- I'm stoked about it. And for 36 bucks, dude, give me two. Yeah. I only put my name on the list for one. Yeah, I just did one as well. So we're waitlisted. But I-, I think it sounds like they're going to open it up beyond 100 people. So I, I so. think I'm like 126 and you're 129 or something yeah, like that. We're pretty close. So well, hopefully we get in on that. But So that right. was a little bit of a frivolous watch purchase. But, but, but we didn't purchase anything yet. I did no. sign up for prepay. So if they ask for money, I'll prepay. I don't know if I did or not. All right. There was a lot on that website in Russian. <laughs> That's right. I can't understand any of it, yeah. including the watch. Yeah. But it should be cool. So I did lie a little bit, but that's that's a cool watch. That's a special piece. It's unique. It's a custom like custom watch. It's a limited edition watch. Mm-hmm. I think that fits all the criteria that I want to add to it. I love digital watches. I'm in. All right. Well, uh, I think... We- Seems like as good a time to to sort of shut it down for the day. You any anything else in terms of collecting that you wanted to hit on before we go? Be thoughtful. Be thoughtful about your purchases, and don't worry too much about what you're doing. I think yeah. I, I would say that sort of to cap off the conversation. Uh, I, I think we spend time, you know, particularly Andrew and I, and probably you if you're listening as well, spend time thinking about this whole thing and what it means. Ah, don't overthink it. Uh, if you want to watch, buy the watch, and if. If you don't want the watch, then sell the watch or or whatever. But but I wouldn't overthink it. You, you know, are you a collector? Are you something different? I, I wouldn't overthink that. And I know for me, I never have. Uh, and, and I think you're probably in the same boat. It's also okay if the most valuable watch in your watch collection is the least expensive. It, yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, my, my most expensive watch certainly isn't my favorite, so. Mm-hmm. Or most valuable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's good. Well, do you have any other stuff you wanted to talk about this week? I think we both had some stuff that we've been we were chatting about earlier. We we've reached the end, y'all. Oh my gosh! This today, is the end. today, the final episode of Game of Thrones airs. I'm excited. I'm sad. I'm I'm I've got anxiety. And eight weeks ago, you heard it here first. We're gonna be disappointed, and it's okay. It's okay. I, t- I said it. I, I don't know what episode it was, but I remember sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm a little scared that I'm going to be disappointed with how it ends. And you know what? We're going to be. That's just the way it is. And I'm pretty happy with this disappointment. This season, there is a lot of complaints going on about this season. Whatever. And There's everyone, complaints about everything. But you know what? None of them are valid because everyone yeah. wants this perfect, perfectly told story given to them through the eyes of... of People with an unlimited budget, unlimited timeline. If these folks had it their way, Game of Thrones would go on for 25 years and would come to a, a like a, a screen goes black ending in the middle of an episode and call it a day. This season has been so visually stunning. Last week, I was sweaty. I felt like I had I had just gone on a 60 minute run at the conclusion <laughs> of the episode. I was sweaty. I had an elevated heart rate. My wife went over to like hold my hand. She's like, "Oh my gosh, why are you so sweaty?" I was like, how are you not? <laughs> it has been a terrific episode. But here, but here's here's the dilemma I'm in now. What's going to fill the void? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's there's some options out there. Uh, I've caught the first half of a couple episodes of Barry that airs immediately after Game of Thrones on HBO. And it is hysterical. It's uh, Hater. John Hater? John Hater. John Hater. 
as a from what i've gathered from from watching half of a handful of episodes he is a an assassin of sorts yeah that's right he plays an but assassin a, but a bumbling assassin i don't from, think he's bumbling i i think that he's having a identity crisis is that, uh, is, is that different? It, it is different. Okay. He's he's not bumbling. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, he's effective. He's he's a good assassin. He's just in the midst of an identity crisis. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm even more intrigued. Yeah. But next up, Chernobyl is, might, might fill the Game of Thrones void. Well, for but me. Chernobyl's I think a, a miniseries. I I think I'm you, okay with it. You, it'll it'll fill the void for a time. Oh, for you? Yeah, for me. What's gonna fill your personal void? Yeah, I don't give a shit about you guys. I, oh. I care about what what's gonna fill my personal void as it comes to TV. I, I thought you meant in the catalog. Oh no, I don't know what comes next in the catalog, but I'm really excited for it. I've heard all kinds of fan theories and talk about spinoffs of Game of oh, Thrones yeah. and some prequels and. Which, honestly, I think at the conclusion of Game of Thrones, I'm going to be really happy to rewatch the series three, four, five times a year, um, and then, you know, not worry about it. You know, I'm not a go-back-and-watch-it-again kind of guy. Do you you watch it over again? Huh? Oh, fuck. I watch, I've, I've watched the entirety of The Office 25 times or more. Same with Parks and Rec. <laughs> Uh, I've watched Breaking Bad and Dexter probably five, ten times each. Mad I Men, think Sopranos, like... The Wire... I'm sure there's other ones. Sopranos on the wires, I think, are the only ones that I've deliberately like gone back because I just wanted to see. I wanted more. I'm on round three of the wire right now. So good. Not not season three. I'm I'm working through the entirety of it for the first time. Yeah. Um, Great. Yeah, but I just I want to I I want HBO to come up with something of similar scale. No, not scale. I want the storytelling, like what you're getting in Game of Thrones. And yeah. there's some complexity there that hasn't existed in, like, from my perspective in television, really ever before. Oh, interesting. And you don't think Westworld's there? I think Westworld could have been. Well, but Westworld's I don't, I don't, not done. They're not done, but I, I don't think they. I, I think they lost a lot of momentum in the gap between season two and three because three's not going to air till next year sometime. That's a two year gap for a show that was just generating momentum. You can't get that back. Yeah, that seems like an incredibly long time. So you said season two ended in June. Yeah, last so June of eighteen. Season three is going to air sometime in twenty twenty, from what I read. That is a big gap. I mean, I can guess the scale of what they're doing is huge, but and it's a phenomenal show. Season two was one of my favorite, like second seasons of any TV show ever made. Mm -hmm. They just they killed it. They knocked out of the park. That was great. But they they are going to lose all their momentum. I'm not I'm going to probably miss it when it comes back on. I'm like, "Oh, season 3's out. Cool." You you know, I I felt like this before. I I know when the Sopranos uh ended, that was a thing. People said, "Well, we're never going to see TV like this again." I I didn't I didn't watch Sopranos at the time it aired, but I watched it I watched it later. But I know that that was a conversation. People was like, "This this is an end of an era." And and then I know I felt that way when um breaking bad ended Mm -hmm. i feel like breaking bad and sons of anarchy sort of ended at the same time and that was my whole tv life was those two shows breaking bad ended way better though oh yeah no the last season of sons of anarchy was trash stupid uh (laughs) that that end that end scene uh shoot me but uh yeah you know those two those two shows sort of ended right at the same time and i felt like man we're not going to be able to replace this. And, of course, something always comes in. Something always feels that good. I just wonder. I'm excited for what's next. Yeah, me too. I'm just, I'm I'm really excited for what's next. But for now, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is back. I'm good with that. The Good Place comes on shortly. Like, mm-hmm. There's some, there's some good television happening. But I want, I want an epic. I want an epic on, like, on one of the cable networks or HBO to fill the Game of Thrones void that is about to be created in my life. You, you know, for for me, I think Westworld is is there, if not completely, then almost. But it is pretty disappointing, that huge gap between season two and three. It seems a little... Uh, you, you know, I guess the, the magnitude of what they're doing, the scope and the magnitude is huge, but it still seems like, gosh, that's a long time. If if they if that had been the break between season four and five, maybe? Yeah. But not two and three. It's too early. They need they need more momentum. They need more viewership to be able to maintain the momentum. When we talked we talked shelves, building shelves, building shit. We talked about my uh, epic podcast publishing uh, debacle. Errors, debacle. We've talked about watch collecting. Yeah, kind of philosophical discussion on it. Right. I mean, I, I don't think we could ever call anything we say philosophical but the musings of some drunkards (laughs) uh we've talked about what's going to fill the gap of game of thrones anything else that we need to tell these people before we part with them for the week winter's here and it's gone just like that (laughs) here and gone (laughs) one one day (laughs) 
one day changed it all. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.